Episode 87 of The Cool Room, your friends in your ears who talk about beers. My friend who talks about beer is Travis Bristos, and I'm David Griffiths. Travis, how are you? I introduced you before I introduced me. That's how highly I rate your friendship. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm well, (laughs) David. I'm sitting here on a chilly Monday night. Is it Monday night? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's weird. We should jump right to the point. We're changing a little bit of some of the formats of what we're doing, and that means you and I are sitting down on Monday night, and that in and of itself has discombobulated both of us, I think. A little bit. Trying to Something figure different. out how it all works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, how was your weekend? How was your beer drinking over the weekend? My beer drinking was most enjoyable. I uh, went to the good people of Bonehead on Saturday night for a couple of beers and had a beer, just the one at Beer Deluxe. uh, I was going to say at Acme. I was going to Acme after Beer Deluxe on Sunday. So had a garage project beer, which was very tasty. Oh, very nice. How about your good self? um, I ventured down to Hopheads for a couple yesterday. Uh, Yes, Um, I did see that on your... Melbourne Beer Dads Facebook group, which we thoroughly recommend to people. Did I have anything that stands out? I can't remember. Mm. Um, I, yeah. Well, I guess that means you didn't have anything that stands out. That's no. Disappointing. Um, and then the day before, we went and checked out the new stomping ground premises in Moorabbin. Uh, right. What's that like? Uh, it's a good space. It is. It was busy. Um, what took you to Marabin? That's a long way out of. We were Travis's out visiting hunting. visiting family, and then on the way back, we used that as an excuse to check out a brewery. <laughs> Very you good. Do. I mean, you know, you got to, yeah, you got to do these things. So, am I right in saying it's big? It is. Is it as big as their place in Collingwood? No. Foot. Mm. I, so this is how good we are on a Monday night. I have someone telling me something from the other room. <laughs> now I'm confused. Like, like, are you? Oh, I'm with you now. You mean physically at your house? Yes, the lovely yes. Lauren is yelling something from another room. What was Lauren yelling from the other room? She was telling me that Moorabbin is bigger than Collingwood. Oh, there you go. It's certainly it true holds- as a suburb as a whole, but I wonder whether, you know. It has a capacity of 450 people. Yeah, big, big joint. Big joint. Yeah, yeah. And they've got a kid's cubby house, um, which obviously our kid wasn't big enough to go in. Um, but they would, I mean, that, that there were a lot of people there. They would have been out there, whatever their restriction capacity is now, 300 people, I reckon. Um including a mate of mine who was also there celebrating his birthday and neither, neither of us actually realised that we were sitting a table across from each other. He was there with his uh, entire family 
<laughs> he <laughs> thought he he said, I thought I saw you with a mask on. I went, oh yeah, that would have been me. It, I am completely out of habit of spotting people out of masks in masks, I've got to say, and even more so if they're wearing baseball caps, as most of our listeners seem to choose to do. Yes. Yes. Um, well, we also um, other than that, that, other beers, other beers we've had, uh, uh, we've both checked out Hotel Westwood recently. I was there with you the other night. And I had the New Belgium IPA, which is oh, a, vo- the voodoo. Yeah, which is a brewery from somewhere in the US. Yes, I feel like I should know. I used to have a couple of their beers in the fridge. We used to have the Fat Tire. Yeah, and yeah. I want to say Citronella, but it wasn't Citronella, but it was a name like that. And if I had done my research before we started recording, well, I would have looked that, them that up to remember all, where, they, where they actually were. Um they no, I based. thought that was the pick of the beers the other night at uh, at Westwood. They are based in Colorado. And so many good, good people are. They could be a good brewery to get on our podcast, David. Well, absolutely. Uh, but I guess we should mention that, speaking of American breweries that are coming up, it's going to be only a couple of weeks until the shoots, and I presume I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but I will go away and do my research. Um I was have them on the podcast for online meet the brewers. I was going to go. I thought that was a good segue, but I wasn't going to try to pronounce it because I wasn't (laughs) sure. I think I'm our official poor pronouncer of things. I think, you know, off the back of the Scalatrice or whatever it was we had from Gypsy Hill that I now just take the fall on these things. I'm happy to do that. That's all right. Yes. Well, we do. We do have them coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and yet again, with the changes in our format and days and stuff, that's going to be on a Saturday. Yes, that's right. It's going to be a bit like the uh, infamous session we had with Sierra Nevada last year, mm. uh, which was really only sp- supposed to be an hour or two on a Saturday and turned into many, many hours. We're not promising many, many hours with the guys from the shoots, but I suspect that all of us will be in the Zoom room for many hours. And um Basically, if you want to grab the beers that go with that, in the short term, you'll need to get one of our July packs. So we're changing the way that we deliver beers to hopefully just do one delivery a month, um, which means that we won't be charging you guys multiple uh, multiple times for delivering beer. But also, I will spend less time uh, out on the road going to the same places, much as I love to see all of your smiling faces hopefully will just make everything a bit more efficient on that front. Um, so send us an email at coolroompodcast at gmail.com if you want to find out how to sign up for all of that. Yes, very good call. And uh, you can also get us at coolroompodcast on the socials. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, look, probably the only other thing that we really need to tell people about before we get on to our main interview with the good people of co-conspirators is the importance of subscribing to the podcast or um, rating and reviewing it as well. Um, We're sort of making a bit more of an effort to make podcast only episodes. So ones that you'll have to listen to with the beers in front of you uh, rather than um, coming back and joining us live in the Zoom room. Um, So if you don't already subscribe, please do so. And that will help us go up the ratings at Aussie Beer Casts, uh, or Aussie Beer Pods, I think it might be, on Facebook, where we're locked in a do-or-die battle once again with Ian McNally and the Chosen Brew. Did I notice on Aussie 
beer pods the other day that we've snuck our way into the top 20. I, I feel like we were top 18 for the month and top 10 for the week or we, yeah. something along those lines. So the more subscribers we have and the more downloads we get, the higher we go up. Uh, Mr. McNally was sitting at number eight. Mm. We were sitting at number 18. Yeah. I so, still think he's in reach, particularly yeah, if, people, if people unsubscribe from his podcast as well. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't think he listens to us, so I can get away with saying that. No one will tell him. No, I'm, I'm not subscribed to his podcast. <laughs> I do, but maybe I'll unsubscribe just to make a point. You're like, this will be the one episode he listens to. Yeah, that's right. Look, I know someone will lag his head. That's half the fun of it. There's just if you, if you decide to tell Ian, just say something along the lines of, you should have heard what they were saying. So he has to actually have to listen. He has to listen to ours and therefore give us another the rating point. Yes. <laughs> um, the one standout beer I did have at Hophead yesterday was a beer that we are about to go and talk to the brewery of, and that was the um. Who put their hand in the cuckoo's jar? Chocolate raspberry cookie pastry stout. Oh, yes, I haven't had mouthful. that one from there yet. Um, so Hopheads in Yarraville currently have that on tap. Um, and it was delicious. I noticed that Hopheads Point Cook, where I was delivering the other day, hello to new listener Simon, uh, I was out there and they had the matriarch on tap out there, amongst mm. other things. So yes. Some of all of our favourite people sort of getting together. Uh, yeah, they've they've quite often got um, our co-conspirator friends who were about to go and talk to on tap at multiple of the venues at Hopheads. Um, I was hoping this evening I went down there to see if I could get my hands on one of the beers we'll talk about when we talk to the guys from co-conspirators, but uh, alas, they did not have it yet. Well, I was lucky enough to have the co-conspirators beer delivered this afternoon. I was all I was all mentally prepared to say something nasty about a certain delivery company whose name I won't mention now because I've got nothing to say negative to say about them because um, they didn't deliver Friday and I left home at four o'clock this afternoon and it still wasn't there and it was there when I got home. So Fabulous. kudos to that delivery company who now I don't want to besmirch by because they actually haven't done anything wrong. And I feel like mentioning them might imply that they have. Mm. On, on that really hard-hitting note, shall we pause our little conversation and in two seconds and a sound effect, dive into the discussion with the guys from Co-Conspirators? That we should. That we should. Well, here we are with the good people of Co-Conspirators. I feel like this has taken ages to get you guys on. It's episode 87 of The Cool Room, but we've finally done it. We've achieved this. And we've got not one Co-Conspirator, not two, not three, not even four. We've got five Co-Conspirators in the room at once. And that's pretty amazing because I reckon most people don't realise there's five of you in the organisation. <laughs> And one makes all the important decisions. <laughs> one sets the timetable in the diary. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it. That's exactly right. Why don't we get you guys to introduce each other just to, to make things a bit more interesting for the audience rather than me or Travis doing it? Um, ladies, do you want to kick off? Jackie, do you want to introduce Maggie perhaps and tell us a bit about 
what you remember the first time you met her or the first time you had a beer together or something like that? Uh, my lovely um, co-conspirator, Maggie. Uh, I think the, the first time I remember sharing a beer was at your house when we had our first meeting five years ago and we were initially having ideas about um, doing this whole crazy brewing company situation. Um, but I remember, like, it was like the initial conversation there, but I do remember the first time we, like, shared a beer, and I think it was um, we were at Dayton. Mm. And we were, yeah, right? And we were all um, meeting Dan Dayton for the first time because we were about to start gypsying through him. And I remember that day we were all having this big conversation about what we wanted to do. And, uh, um, yeah, that's what I remember. That's what one of the remember the thoughts that I remember from you. I'll take it back in October. Does that fit, Maggie? Does that, is that how you remember things happening? Is that the first beer you got, remember having with Jackie? I'm going to say Clifton Hill Brew Pub trying Tim's <sighs> Red Falcon Red IPA and all of us kind of not really saying it but being like, yeah, we really like beer. We might, we might do something with beer. <laughs> not really saying it but just sussing out what every other person at the table was saying. <laughs> Assessing things, beer skills at the same time as well. <laughs> this is where we work out who's got the better memory. Yeah, right. And, and who wants to admit to what? <laughs> it was pretty tame, though. I think we, only, we smashed a few pints and maybe had a, had a couple of cheeky ideas, but it didn't get too out of hand. I think it, was, it wasn't a weekend, so we all went home at a reasonable hour without... <laughs> With our secret plan still pretty secret, but yes. <laughs> they started laying the seeds, planting the seeds. But yeah, it's been a fantastic, fantastic ride with these guys, and we couldn't have done it without them. I think everyone brings a brings a, a different strength to the table, and that's really the it's really the key. So, Tim. Why don't we get you to introduce Dion and uh, and then we'll go vice versa and we'll see how the stories match up. <laughs> Depends how juicy do we want to make it. Uh, <laughs> where you start is where it'll where it'll descend <laughs> from. Just remember. I'll actually I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, steal Maggie's thunder a bit here and sort of reminisce back to the the days where of the the redneck falcon. Uh, when it got launched at the uh, Clifton Hill Brew Pub. And I do remember standing around at the bar drinking the pint with Dion and we, uh, we were both saying, this is pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> People are actually paying real money to buy the beer. They're actually paying for it. And going back to second Yeah, and they, they actually wanted another one. And yeah, no. So we had quite a bit, quite a bit of a laugh about that, and we um, have both had a bit of a buzz about this. And we we're saying, "Do you reckon there's something in this? Do you reckon we could sell beer?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I reckon we could." So yeah, a bit of a bit of a fun night. So, how about Dion? How's your memory on all this? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll take it back even further than that. <laughs> 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 I reckon, yeah. Through the, through the home brew club is where we met, so that's that's where we had our, had our first beers. But 
but the beers I, I remember <clears throat> sort of early on is sitting around our table drinking our homebrew, which were the test batches for the for the beers that we sort of uh, made a com- on a commercial scale. So that's that's a pretty cool memory, sort of you know, sort of three or four test batches and sitting there working out which one to upscale. Oh, when we all had time and we'd yeah. be a cooked meal as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying you've taken on other duties since then? <laughs> Never. <laughs> wow, that was a luxury cooked meal at a meeting. Oh, no. <laughs> and... Um, Who's the, the the fifth co-conspirator we've got with us tonight? Obviously, people that are listening to this afterwards can't see us, see us in the Zoom room tonight, but uh, it's not we can definitely crying. hear her. <laughs> She's not the first screaming baby we've had in the call room. Far, far from it. Normally, it's adults making those noises that we're used to. It's <laughs> there was while we're sort of finishing off the little introductions to each other. A little naughty question here. I, was, I wanted to see if you, if you could guess what it, or what you'd like to nominate as your introductee partner's favourite beer. Obviously, not one of your own, but you know, one of the beers that you think is sort of you know either their favourite or sort of you know a nostalgic beer for them or a beer they've taken inspiration from out of this process, you know. That's a great f- Oh, gosh. Yeah, you know, feel free to say Carlton Cold or something. Like <laughs> you know, completely destroy someone's reputation. Jackie, do you want to have a, do you want to have a get, or, you know? Are we guessing? Nominate anyone else's favourite beer other than your own. But as a, your favourite Coke on beer or your favourite beer? Yeah, uh, non, fa- non-Coke non-cocoa on beer. Non-Coke. Ah, non-Coke. Oh, ah. Yeah, just to sort of add that little layer of complexity. Maggie's really hard because I I reckon Maggie likes um, a bit of everything. Like me, I, I don't really. <laughs> she's naughty. Um, I'm I don't really have a favourite beer. I just I really because I'm relatively young in the beer journey compared to the to the rest of the other three. Um, and I'm still I still like to learn and. And taste, but I think Maggie's pretty similar to me. I think <laughs> that's an excellent way of dodging the question on behalf of two people. You got to pick I something. I can't pick something because got to pick do. something. Kind of well, come on, guys, you show us how it's done. Yeah, you guys yeah. do it. All right. You go. Jackie will have something sour. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and Miss Pinky, maybe. Oh yeah, it's a go-to. That's what that's a go-to beer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Grand sour, there's a go-to. It's a fine example of a go-to beer, I've got to say. No problems with that one. Tim would have something maybe a bit dark. I know. Tim Tim likes the dark beers as well. Oh, yeah. Dark, yeah. Do like a good stout, red IPA. Any, <laughs> any particular stouts you take inspiration from? Like, you know, they're, you know, for listeners, you know, who are just starting out their beer journey. Uh, yeah, yeah. So some of the, mm. so I, when the, when the Imperial Stouts come out each year, I do like to uh, gather up a couple uh, from our friends at Boat Rocker, uh, people, great people down at Red Hill, and then also Mornington. Mm. 
Um, very big fan of those to sort of tuck a few away in the fridge. What, and, uh, what about like Mr. Banks oatmeal stout? You tend to go there when you, oh, when yes, you find yes, it. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like Mr. Banks oatmeal I stout. I go to, yep. That's yeah. a very yummy beer. The freak shake they made this year I thought was absolutely mm-hmm. delicious. It was so full of coffee that no one in my house slept for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then sort of uh, to circle back to Dion, oh, it's, it's got to be an IPA. It's got to be a, 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 a bitter dank IPA, I reckon. Yeah. I think a bit, bit of an old school classic one. Yeah. I mean, I, I like hops, so that's a. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably IPAs. That's where my that's my palate lies. Whatever I've got in the fridge for you at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of hops and you know exciting beers, the beer that I've got in my glass as we're having this discussion, Travis wasn't quite out at Hopheads when you went there today, but I think most of us in the room are enjoying a little sip on the um on the activist. Yeah. I am enjoying my matriarch at the moment, so. <laughs> um, where do, you, do you want to start with the, with the story behind the activist or do you want to start by just sort of explaining most of our listeners should have this beer in their hands while they're listening to the podcast, so describing what flavours they should be having and how you guys yeah. make the magic happen. Well, Dion, do you want to? I'll just grab a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you want to tell the story? Oh, well, um, obviously Maggie and I are members of Pink Boots. I'm actually on the board of Pink Boots. We've been members pretty much since the start of Co-Conspirators. And, um, Deb, just, I don't want to, interrupting someone while they're talking about Pink Boots feels like the very worst of things <laughs> that a, what a white middle-aged man could do. But just for, genuinely for some of our listeners... Yep. who may not have heard of Pink Boots before. Can you just sort of, you know, explain what that is and yep. for people who want to learn more, how they can learn more? Yeah, sure. Um, so Pink Boots is a non-for-profit organisation for um, uh, women uh, who work in fermentable be- beverage industry. So it's not only beer now, it's um, wine and spirits. Um, and it's a space where we can meet and network, um, education, um, scholarships, offerings. Uh, Maggie won a Cicerone um, scholarship a few years ago. I won a Brucon scholarship a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about learning more about the industry and growing and meeting other people in the industry um, and connecting, really. And it's a worldwide organisation. Um, we have an Australian chapter. Um, we just recently found out that Australia is one of the largest um, membership drives at chapters in the world. Cool. We're bigger than, Can- uh, than Canada, which is really exciting. I mean, the US is broken up in different states, so you could just imagine that's a huge being, but to be bigger than Canada, which is quite a, a massive achievement for our membership this year. So, yeah, that's a small condensed version of what we do at Pink Boots. Um, and a part of that is um, the Hot Blend, um, which is uh, uh, a Yakima Chief um, sort of 
Blend the hops for us every year, and breweries around the world can purchase it. And a small percentage of the proceeds goes back to Pink Boots. So that's what we did with this beer. Um, amazing! It's an amazing tasting beer. I love rye IPAs. As anyone who uh, has ever heard me carry on about many of the rye IPAs from Sierra Nevada will know. Um, but tell us a bit about the process that goes into making this, and again, perhaps for. For newer listeners on their newer drinkers on their beer journeys, what's rye? How, how do you know? What, how does that make it different to to other beers that they might have had in terms of IPAs? So I'm just <clears throat> I'm going to mute us every now and again, but uh, while we've got a bit of quiet, so so this is this is a rye IPA, seven uh, percent. Uh, it's got about fifteen percent rye, so rye will add uh, a certain amount of sort of mouthfeel. But really, that sort of subtle spiciness. Um, so it's it's not a it's not a lot of rye in there. I think if you add too much, it can be quite diff- difficult to brew with. So about fifteen percent is where we where we're sitting with this one. <clears throat> uh, there's a little bit of sort of uh, biscuit character from some of the Vienna in there, and then the, the rest is just the single hop uh, hop blend. So just one one hop, which is a blend of hops. But uh, and that's that's uh, that's what makes up the, the beer. Sort of a bit of uh, citrus, fruitiness, a bit of uh, earthy and herbal going on as well, and it's um, yeah, quite quite complex. Some spice from the rye, and and from the rye, which is which is quite nice. Mm. Pretty dry mm. and moorish. Mm. That's a brilliant description for someone that's not drinking the beer at the moment. That's I, <laughs> I did have one sneak. <laughs> I really want to go down and get one now. It's <laughs> the matriarch still good. <laughs> that's the idea go down to wherever you can grab them and grab exactly. them or if you haven't ordered a tasting pack for july from the cool room you can do that as well and that way you know you won't miss out all the beers sitting chilling in my fridge at the moment um who wants to give us a bit of a backstory on uh on naming of this beer the activist where did that one come from uh, we sorry Maggie. did you no, you're, you're right. You go. <laughs> I guess um, this is a bit important to to us as females in the industry, and I guess with what was happening in the US and and that sort of thing, we wanted to um, sort of support those women. And um, maybe just uh, please. it's a pretty free-for-all game we play when we're naming beers kind of on our little slack chat we just start throwing out names and whoever gets the best one wins the prize of naming that beer that time i think we've all won it a number of times but um whilst we were doing this one it was pretty it was good beer week there was a lot happening in the beer world at the time and obviously it's a big week for pink boots as well we were all getting together and catching up and post covid hadn't really seen each other and kind of you you realize what great figures great women there are in the industry and around us and that have gone before us and are going at the same time and how much hard work they've put into it so we kind of and what was happening with the kind of me too of the beer world in the US at the same time. We didn't want to waste the opportunity of releasing a Pink Boots plant beer and not kind of celebrate what the Pink Boots organisation does all around the world every day. That's what they're doing there, supporting, act, acting for women in the beer industry. So it kind of 
may not be an underworld character, this one, but it's certainly a <laughs> character to celebrate, I think. Absolutely. We should probably shout out another little shout out while we're going through this, which is infamously during Good Beer Week for new listeners to our podcast, we were having a podcast rivalry with Ian McNally uh, and the evil people of The Chosen Brew. But somehow or another, while we were both competing, Crack the Ceiling, who are a podcast very much associated with Pink Boots, who hadn't entered that competition, beat us both. And so you'll need to go back and listen to the uh, Gabs episodes to find out how that happened. But um, if the kinds of issues we've been just talking about just there in terms of Pink Boots uh, of interest to you, couldn't recommend more highly that podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tiff and, Tiff and Lindsay, uh, I, I, I listened to that podcast as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a good podcast to listen to if you're a female, a bit brewer and uh, in the industry. It's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't even know that they know that they've beaten us, but that's half the fun of it. I'll make sure I'll tell them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, do you want to kick us off with a, or lead us on with a bit of a discussion about some of the big bits of news from co-conspirators world? Uh, that's, I was just about to say that. Um, there was one more thing I was going to bring up. Do you know any of the other beers that are using the oh, yeah. Pink Boots Hop Blend at the moment? Uh, yeah, Three Ravens did a red rye IPA earlier in the year. It was really good. Um, oh, You brewed one. Oh, yeah, oh my gosh. Um, the, uh, our Victorian Brew Day that we did with Brick Lane, of course, is our, um, we did a rye pale, must must be a, a theme. Um, so we did a rye pale um, with our Victorian Brew Day. Um, the, uh, so all the states all have a brew day scheduled. Um, the one, we've got a Canberra brew day coming up. I'm not sure what they're making yet. So just had a bit of a mental blank. Um, yeah, there's been a few this year. Um, it's been really, really positive. But, yeah, I think right a theme. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Very nice. Um, so we're going to move on. Normally we'd, uh, we'd get our guests to describe uh, their brewery or their venue. Um, but given where you guys are at at the moment, why don't you – start giving us a bit of an insight on uh, where things are headed for for your team at the moment and what you're building. Um, so I guess first up, do you want to give us a brief outline on uh, what's next for you guys? Yeah, sure. Um, I can jump in on that one. So very excited to um, tell you all about, if you haven't heard already, of our, our brew pub that's currently under construction, 377 Victoria Street, Brunswick. So uh it's a great venue, uh, an amazing old factory that used to be like heavy industry, you know, metal engineering. And it's got really cool high ceilings and lots of amazing exposed um, steel rafters. It's got a really cool feel to it. And it'll, uh, we're putting in a 12-heck brew house um, along with our bar and or brew, brew, brew pub. Uh, and we'll have capacity of 195 people to kick it off and with a family family area and then shared seating area 
and then the bar itself, and then we'll have our outdoor beer garden as well, uh, where, which is currently getting constructed. We uh, ripped a piece of the roof off to uh, make an outdoor area so we could have some sunshine coming in. And, uh, yeah, we'll be very, very excited to welcome people down later this year. Amazing. Um, was that always part of the plan, the co-conspirators' plan, to have a... Uh... A venue slash brew pub? Yeah, we we always had a dream to open a brew pub, um, but we, we knew we couldn't sort of just do that overnight and we wanted to sort of kick off the brand and sort of get, get a bit of a name for ourselves and get a following in the market and brew some good beers and build, build up a following and then, but yeah, but this was the goal. The goal was to open a brew pub where we could... Um, sell our beer and have people over to enjoy it in our pub. So that was the very first meeting that we had. We, we all we talked about the brew pub, so that was, it was always part of the plan. It's just, uh, it's just taken a little while to get here, but, um, you know, council, council hasn't helped and it took us a little while to sort of get, get the right place, but it is a, it is a pretty amazing building and it's, um, it's going to be a pretty, pretty awesome brew pub. Where did the uh, inspiration come from for sort of, one, the area that you've moved into and, and the type of building you've, you've chosen? Well, the, the location is convenient to the four of us. And so it's, lo- it's local for us and uh, very, very, very local for our head brewer, so, <laughs> which makes it very convenient. <laughs> and um, and we, we've, we feel that... Brunswick always made a lot of sense to us. It was the right place for the style of venue that we want to have. Um, we, we're, we're really pitching it that it's going to be a second living room. We want you to come over. We want you to bring your friends. We want you to kick back, relax, have a great time and just have it as like a community hub. You can, always, you can just come on down whenever you feel like it and you'll feel at home. Perfect. Awesome. That sounds excellent. And the building was just amazing when we looked into it. Kind of got 10 metre high ceilings, these beautiful skylights that let a lot of light in as well. Did, uh, did all four of you just know when you saw the building that that was the place? Yeah. Yep. We just walked in. We looked at Three of them just nodded. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we looked at a lot. We, we looked at lots and lots and lots. And we walked in and went, yeah, this is it. And had a great feel. The people that, that the landlords are great, but a really good relationship with them. They were really excited about the project. Um, and, you know, we, we know the family that own the building. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's got a real, really great feel to it. It's from the 50s. So it's, it's, it's exposed brick. And then, yeah, metal trusses high up in the ceiling and lots of lovely skylights, like Maggie said. And roll the door to get ingredients in. <laughs> yeah, it's got a super exciting roller door. Yeah, yeah, you're not good. Two roller doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look out, you know. <laughs> and for the non locals, it's a couple hundred meters from the tram line. Tram yes. Tram line. Yeah, that description. Yeah. So, we're on uh, 377 Victoria Street. Um, we're just down the road from the Brunswick train station. And you can get off the off the tram on Sydney Road, and it's like a two or three hundred meter walk. 
and there's the um, bus stop out the front as well. So super easy to get to, super local, lots of other cool places around as well. And, yeah, so we feel it's a really, really good spot. And uh, is there a timeline? When can we expect to uh, for David and I to jump on a train and head down? Well, don't, don't come next week. You, <laughs> you'll, need a, you'll need a hard hat. But... Uh, I carry one of those uh, in my car. Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got those. Don't worry about that. Yeah, no, no. We we do think um, later this year. We, uh, as everyone knows, construction never really goes to plan. Yep. And um, yeah, we're sort of right in the thick of uh, um, all the building works right now, so we are anticipating. So before your place time. opens up, what are some of your favourite places in Melbourne to drink? And that's a question for all four of you. Yeah. yeah. Five of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you should see Matilda. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you reckon? Uh, the Royston to me. Yeah. Big Good story. choice. Yeah, like the Royston. Mm-hmm. Um, Down. Yeah, I think I think Carwin for the for the beers. I mean, you sort of it's hard to it's hard to be be Carwin for the. For the stuff they can get in, um, I know Mr. West is sort of doing really well with the stuff they get in as well, and pretty unique, interesting beers there. Um, I reckon the, the Great Northern always uh, it's, it's a it's got a soft spot for me. I've got uh, yeah. good memories playing pool, and uh, it's it's a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I miss Moses, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do have a soft spot for Mrs. Palms. Yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, our go-to. Yeah, when we we're both working in the city, we used we, to meet there. Yeah, and have a bit have a beer before we go home for the day. Yeah, and, and beers beers at Mrs. Palmer's before the footy was always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, nice. And um, gee, where else? There's all these ones I'm gonna go. Oh, Ale House, uh, Moses, Catfish. How could I forget the Catfish? Um. Yeah. Many moons ago, the Gertrude. The Gertrude. Yep. Many yeah. years ago. Did you say Bar Josephine, Ben? Yeah. yeah. Love, love Aaron. Aaron Bar Josephine. Normally, this is just an excuse to tag a couple of people in the socials, but it's just like, <laughs> is, is there any, is it anyone that you uh, supply to that you haven't mentioned yet, just in case? <laughs> you, <laughs> feels like you might be in strife. <laughs> really like going to this place. As like the worst salesperson in beer in Melbourne, I need to take all the headings. It's a little bit like a 21st speech that once you start to thank people, it's a danger. Don't want to miss anyone out. What about about overseas when, you know, when we can get back to travelling and stuff? Is there any places that you're hanging to get back to in other parts of the world? This is our excuse, basically, to write off, you know, overseas travel on our tax. <laughs> I think Tim and I, in 2019, went, went to Singapore and Hong Kong, um, and I remember the... McCallabar? McCalla, the, the Singapore and McCallabar was really great because it was literally around the corner from our hotel. We frequent there a lot. So that was really cool in Singapore for me, yeah. Uh, was it druggists as well you guys liked in Singapore? Oh, we didn't end up going to druggists, but because we just didn't measure up the time. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then in 
in Hong Kong, it was... Oh, I'm shit at names. Um, so keep six, talking. We'll second, come back draft, to me. second draft in Hong Kong? Was it second draft? Second draft and then something, yeah. Well, let's let's move it back to the idea of of a tap room. Um, what what do you think the benefits are to brewers of having a tap room and the kind of feedback loop and that sort of thing? Once you sort of get customers in there, yeah, I reckon it's 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 definitely the the freshness of the beer. <clears throat> um, you make the beer on site, you move it uh, uh, ten meters into the cool room, and pour it from the from the tap, it's, you, you don't get fresher than that. And that's particularly the style of beers that we make, you know, sort of fresh, hoppy IPAs. It's it's, uh, it's, it's the best place to drink it at the source. <clears throat> you don't have any of these sort of transport issues, the beer never heats up. You, you got awesome quality control. The beer is really going to be at its best, brewed on site, moved 10 meters into the cool room and drunk from there. So that's that's the that's the big thing. I think I think the, the, the varieties of, of beers that we can make as well. It, it really does allow us to do a lot more experiment, a lot more sort of push the boundaries a bit more. So just just the flexibility gives us. It's it's going to be um, an exciting time. And we look forward to kind of creating beers that suit our suit our customers and suit the market we're going to be in. I'm actually really looking forward to making a lager that appeals to the people of Brunswick, <laughs> honing it in with them. <laughs> Really nailing um, down what they want out of a venue, out of the beers, but still with our personality and our touch. Do you have an idea yet on how many taps you'll have? Yep, we'll have two banks of 12. Nice. That's a lot of taps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there'll be two stations and we anticipate you know, there'll be like 12 repeated. Yep. Um, but then there'll be a little bit of flexibility for a few extra things if we want to sneak them in. That makes... Does that mean in terms of your tank sizes and stuff, there might be a couple of little sort of piloty type ones as well where you can do, you know, more esoteric things to amuse yourselves? <laughs> Dion yeah. is going to be so sick of us yelling random ingredients. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want this in the beer. I want this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what random are there any random elements in your mind already or is that is that a secret that we need to keep for down the track <laughs> oh, we, we put a few random things in beers across the years across the time um for, especially for gabs you know we, we've put pancakes waffles waffles in beers we've put um rum coconut rum coconut waffles Lots of lots of raspberries, uh, chocolate, cacao. Um, I don't know. Dion will remember a lot more than me. Yeah, I'm just yeah, looking at the I'm looking at the can for the who put their hand in the cookies jar at the moment. Yeah, yeah. 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 chocolate, oats, barley. Yeah, it's it's all in there. <laughs> it is delicious, by the way. It's yeah. yeah, yeah as long as beer name and history, yeah. try to fit that on a can. It is it, yeah, yeah. As soon as we sent that off and like approved the label, I was like, oh, why didn't we just call it Cooker's Monster? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I know that Leanne from Pinnock Beer and Wine in Flemington, one of our very good friends, is a huge fan of that beer because she comes from Donald. Yeah. I think is it Donald where the yeah, uh, her mum still works at the Cooker's Factory. 
and she's uh, been serving the beer with the biscuits. Oh, she has. That's yes. awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Which was a hit with our family who, you know, even the uh, ones who were too young to enjoy beer got to enjoy the biscuits. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Big Shout out to Leanne. Biscuits, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave Tra- Travis to start things off with the next little bit about the crowdfunding campaign, which is the reason that we got you guys on. The reason that I'm walking out is not because I'm storming out in anger, it's because I'm going to the fridge to get the whistleblower so I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We we can uh, we can move on without uh, without David. Um, as he just mentioned, one of the reasons we were getting you guys on is to talk about uh, the crowdfunding campaign that you did. Um, give us a, a brief outline. How did this? How did the idea come about? Firstly, um, like what made you think of of going down that path? So we. We knew we'd need these funds to finish the brew pub, and we've got we've we've had a lot. We've got a good, strong following um, for the pub, and we wanted to in, to sort of sort of extend the idea of it being your the pub being your lounge room. We wanted to invite you to share in the pub and to to be part of it, and to we want people to connect with it and feel at home there and feel like it's part of this. And so we thought if we we can offer some a crowdfunding opportunity to get people to invest in the pub and they can buy a share in it. And we thought there's no better way to be part of something than to to own part of it. And so we thought it's a great way to connect in with in a real sort of authentic way um, and have people join us and being part of the team. I think we've always co-conspired. We always like to collaborate with other people and it's kind of the ultimate collaboration, providing everyone in. Everyone always dreams of owning a pub. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. everyone has that day. It's not just me. Everyone has that daydream, right? And people don't often have the opportunity, so we wanted to invite them along on the adventure with us. And how is it, uh, how's it gone to date? How's, it, how's the the funding campaign going? Four, yeah, yeah, four days good. in, it's been really good response. We've got a, you know, two X to go. So, yeah, no, it's been a good positive response with 48 hours in. So, yeah. It's amazing good. to see people getting behind us and it's really beautiful and humbling and knowing that they want to just having a chat to people that have gotten involved or thinking about getting involved and then going, well, we like the brand, we like you guys, we just want to want to be a part of it it's it's amazing and it's humbling and exactly we want, to, we want to make the best venue for them a lot of people have been incredibly generous and yeah i, I would i would people it's very humbling to for them to to support us so much um we we might not get the episode live before your campaign's finished but i reckon we will i'm pretty we, confident we, we, we most likely will um how how do people get involved? So I'll I'll pass that to our marketing manager <laughs> to tell you all about that. Um, yeah. Um, the the or any of our socials, there's a link to the virtual page. Um, so uh, if you just head to the to the link on our Instagram, our even our website, um, you'll be able to have a link to the virtual page, and then uh, our offer doc offer document. 
um, is also available online and um, all the rewards you would benefit in. Um, and the rewards, um, the, the offers start from uh, $250 and they go up to about 20K. Um, and pretty much if you are to invest, uh, you will receive um, discounts within the group home once we open. Um, and it goes right up to if you got wanting to invest um, over 20K, we will make a co-conspirators beer with your face on it, um, create a character. Uh, you'll enjoy um, uh, the sort of looking at how we process, do a, a process of a beer, uh, of the beer from start to finish. Um, you'll liaise with, we can liaise with Clint Weaver, who's our designer from Pocket Bagels, um, to create your image in a, in, a, in a can design and then you'll get um, the first first um, case of the, uh, of the line uh, once it's done. So and then we'll be selling that all over Australia and potentially to our overseas distributors as well. I really like that idea, but I'm just worried that if I invest like that, and put my face on the front of a beer, that that'll just mean that no one buys it. I mean, I know, that, I know what effect my face has on alcohol sales. We've talked about this, David. I think this is the prime opportunity for us to get a podcaster's beer going, which would most likely be like a black IPA, um, as long as we put in 20, 20K. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to my accountant. <laughs> just note, if you do that, those... People that are put in 20K, the first six get their name on the fermentation tank as well. Oh, this just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> so the first six get, so we've got six tanks and first six people to put in 20K get their name on the tank. Is it their name or can they nominate the name? Can it be Tanky McTankface? <laughs> I reckon we could work something out. Yeah. Or if I change my name by deed poll to something really offensive just for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that brings us to another question. In the first 48 hours of doing this, have you had anyone jump on? Are you calling it? I just looked on the page. Is it the diamond level? Platinum level. Or are, yeah. you to, are there fiduciary duties that I mean you can't mention that yet? Yeah, we we shouldn't say that yet. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, dude, you can edit this out, can't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a dumbass. I forget these things. Um, it's not live. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know if we should say that. No, I think no, that's, that's uh, fine. Yeah. 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 yeah, sorry, boys. We can um, leave your in, but, but we'll leave your indecision in in that case. <laughs> 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 uh, Yes, and then for the uh, very generous folk to put in 10K, they get their own bench seat. And we've then got um, from $1,000 up, you get a discount on your bar tab and on the online store for uh, 5% all the way up to 12.5% for nice. 20K. So, yeah. And you get the chance to come in and annoy Dion in the brew pub and brew a beer with him. Mm. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> yes, um, probably do some quality control sampling today as well. Of course. When when does the when does the offer close? Probably that's the really important thing for people to know. So, twenty uh, first of July. So it's um, from the night of recording. We've got about sixteen days left in the um, in the campaign. So, 
I'm imagining that this will go live roughly Sunday, Monday of next week. So I'll take that. Should... Yeah, we'll still have time. Absolutely, but don't don't delay. So if you're listening, you know, press pause now and go across <laughs> to the website and um and, and get amongst it. The fermenters need names. They can't be they can't be <clears throat> just steel tank one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like if someone's going to invest that money, they could change their name to Steel Tank Two or something, just to <laughs> just to mess with your process a bit. Or or even better would be for two people. To put in twenty thousand dollars, and both of them change their names to Steel Tank One. <laughs> Don't worry, because the con people have thought patterns like this. Aren't the con people who have twenty thousand dollars lying around? Probably, probably just like yeah. We're pretty sure our listener base probably. Don't fall into that category. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. The most important part is that you will also own equity in Co-Conspirators Brewing Company. You'll be a part of the team. I, I was a bit surprised you hadn't thrown that bit in earlier on. In the first, but... Everything else, but, but yeah, no, you do. It sounds like the marketing manager listing the things that amuse her most rather than the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, David, said... do you want to um, move us on to talking through the beer you're about to taste because, yet again, I don't have one of those in front of me. Oh, <laughs> I, apart from this appalling pour that I've just done. Well, you let you down there. Doing it out of the corner. I'm a big, big fan of this beer, guys. I have been drinking it now. Well, it's been out for, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a little bit, a smidgen more than that. Yeah, a few weeks. Um, loving it. One of my favourites when I, well, again, mentioned Leanne's Pinot Beer and Wine. I've had a few of them down there. Um, and just... Talk about perfect Melbourne weather for a nice oatmeal uh, stout. Can you, a bit like before, can you, one, one of you give us a bit of a rundown of the backstory of the, the character on the front and the, the naming and so forth, and perhaps another just on the techniques that are here. And I feel like we've seen a few more oatmeal stouts coming onto the market in the last year or two. So, Well, with, with the name... Um... Like Maggie said before, we have great fun uh, bouncing around the names and we've, we've got a bit of a process we go through with each beer and um, we pick a bit of a short list and then um, come up with some really good names, come up with lots of shit names <laughs> and um, then uh, we'll bounce it around, tweak it up a bit and, yeah, this one came out as the whistleblower. So we... Obviously, to keep we do like that sort of cheeky gangster theme, uh, as you well know. And I'll uh, pass over to uh, Mr. Head Brewer Man to tell you about what makes it so delicious. Yeah, it's. I think this is it's a, it's a cracker of a beer. It's uh, we we still known for our hops, but uh, uh, this is this is a beer that is, is one of my favourite. It's it's pretty good. So good that we drank it all. And we've got none. <laughs> um, I can't unfortunately share this beer with you, but uh, uh, no, it's a it's a um, an oatmeal stout. So <clears throat> uh, the oats sort of add more of a more of a mouthfeel to the to the beer. I think the roastiness is sort of kept in check, so it's not a it's a it's a very approachable beer without sort of being overpowering with a with a with a roastiness drinking that you can sometimes get from stouts. <clears throat> it's five point five percent, so pretty pretty easy drinking. Uh, 
was sessionable stout. Mm. Um, sort of get a lot of um, sort of nutty characteristic from a lot of chocolate and, and pretty well balanced with the bitterness. And it's just a really pretty easy drinking drinking stout. Really and and Silky and velvety. Mm. Yeah, which is which is what that that sort of oats that sort of adds. Um, yeah, I, I think probably beer people who don't drink stouts and aren't big big fans of stouts. This is probably a a good entry level stout for them to drink. Mm. I think that's absolutely right. And you know, words like sessionable and easy drinking, you know, for me, really genuinely are important. Much as I love my super esoteric beers, when I go out and spend time with mates for a couple of hours, I want a beer that isn't going to knock me over and you know, a beer that I can enjoy the flavor of for an extended period of time. You know, mm. I'm not going out to spend 40 bucks on a pint and a half and then realize i've done my money and done my brain cells <laughs> absolutely i guess you've, you've mentioned there your sort of theme of underground and clandestine characters on the front um we'd be you know we love a good conversation about can design here and we've had clint from pocket beagles was our one of our guest hosts when we had bonehead on a couple of weeks ago but can you Talk us through a little bit about, you know, how you first started to go about the design of the cans because you've got a really iconic style now that's yeah. recognisable in fridges, you know, across Australia. Uh, oh, well, um, when we first started, we thought we knew better and thought that <laughs> we didn't need can design and we could just do something ourselves. But um, we soon just thought that, was the case and um, we definitely wanted our beer to be in cans from the start. Um, so we got introduced um, to Clint by Emily Day from Froth because we were friends with Emily um, during, uh, for a while um, just through um, contacts and, and beer and um, we pretty much hit it off straight away. Um and it was sort of the idea that we wanted these sort of characters to do something from the start, um, which our first beer was the Henchman um, IPA. Um, so, yeah, it, I think we all had this idea of the um, of the characters, but we didn't know how to sort of bring them to life where Clint just brings these characters to life for us. And, throughout process of finding names, um, we kind of, you know, we get a name, we get an, sort of an idea of what the character should look like and then we just tell him, okay, it's the activist and this is what we kind of think she looks like um, and he just brings it to life. I mean, we just sort of give him some dot points and he just does it, you know, yeah. and, you know, it's it's rare that we go back and forth. He just brings these characters to life and then Maggie writes the stories, which is our tasting notes on the cans, and um, and you know both of them, their creativity bring these characters to life, which is really cool. Uh, I, I think it was always uh, a strong point of Clint's from the start that he said, "I don't want to put the name of the beer on the front." He said, "It's going to the characters are going to be your brand, and the characters are going to tell the story." And we don't need to put the name there. And at the start, I thought, 
He sure. <laughs> no, and I put the name of the beer on the front of the can. I mean, it's pretty brave and out there. And I was like, and he said, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, this is this, you know. And he was absolutely yeah. on the money. It was um, a fantastic move, and I'm glad we backed him. And it is, I think, it's iconic of our brand now that you can walk up to the fridge in the shop. And you might see a beer you've not seen before, but you're going to know it's out one of our beers. Yep. Mm. And I'm so proud that we can say that and that people will understand that. And, yeah, Clint's um, artwork is incredibly strong and, it's yeah, it's been a fantastic cornerstone of our brand. I think it was, I think from the first meeting we knew it was going to be an integral part of the team for us. It really... Mm. We may not have articulated very well what we wanted, but he understood it and <laughs> got it on, <laughs> on paper. And uh, we really half the time just give him a name these days. He knows us and the brand so well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's unusual for us to go back to yeah. click a second time. Most of the time, we'll say, "Yeah, it's it's male or it's female," and they like to do this, and that's yeah. about. That's about it. And Clint just weaves his magic and it's, yeah, fantastic. So I think we've got a, that really good relationship now. Is there anyone or anything that you guys don't like? I feel like every topic we have, you're just effusive about all of the other good people in Melbourne. Is there, you know, perhaps rather than asking, you know, what bars you like, and is, is, is there a beer that really gives you guys the shits? That you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What? No. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be uh, your own beer. Uh, I was going to say, it was, yeah, I, don't know, I, I know there was a beer that Dan was particularly keen of making that um, will never be made again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was about to ask that question. Has there been a character that has gone through Clint's mind into the drawing stage but never appeared on a can? Has there ever been... Something that just you haven't followed through on? Well, there's been versions of characters, but it's kind of been more of a nailing it process, refining it to getting it where we want. And yeah, they track was probably one that was probably the the process. Yeah, she probably had about four versions before we got to her now. Um, And that was obvious, she was obviously one of her earlier characters, and she was our first female character. Um, yeah, right. so I think Maggie and I are particularly partic- very particular about her. And I think she had, sorry, who's that? I was just going to say females and the female form have been portrayed in one particular way on beer labels. Yeah. Definitely didn't want to do yeah. anything to that line. I just wanted to have an iconic character. Yeah. Recognisable and, and strong. And it took a couple of back and forth with um, Clint, but it, Think she's our most famous character now. Yeah. Um. So starting with you, Jackie, and we'll work our way across. Okay. Your favourite character? Um. Oh, oh Bean Counter is my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. It's just if no one knows that beer, it's how coffee porter. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Tim. Oh, it's pretty easy for me. I'll butcher through and through. Nice. Love that beer. It's in the tasting packs as well. I mm. hasten to add. <laughs> uh, 
Maggie, was that you saying because you're saying you got two? Well, we were discussing is it favourite label or favourite beer? Yeah. Favourite ah. label for me is probably the Matriarch, I think, because just love it. <laughs> um, and favourite beer is probably the Butcher because I have a soft spot for red IPAs. Nice. Dion? Yeah, I think, I think the Butcher for me as well. That's uh... <laughs> I was already different. I'm not, I, was, I was going for label. Finally, something oh. they don't agree on. <laughs> as, as as far as label, I reckon uh, the Berserker was just oh, that was epic. that was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> now we had a couple of people share questions with us on the social medias today, oh, so we posted. I'm not going to ask all of them, but average beer blokes critique and follow them on Instagram if you like. Uh, had a series of questions, but I thought like the pretty obvious one for people all around the world is we're you know hopefully seeing the end of sort of phase one or two of COVID. Is you know how has that impacted for you guys? Have there been any positives? And um, you know we like to be pretty honest about the negatives that we've all experienced in the industry along the way. So sort of how do you reflect on it? Where we're COVID, up to at the moment. COVID is pretty, pretty shit for everybody. And um, I think we could all pretty well easily agree on that. But uh, I think we were, we were very fortunate. And uh, with the way we made beer, we were really lucky that we could quickly turn around from putting beer into kegs and put beer into cans or put more beer into cans, I should say. And so we sort of, um, sadly and tragically, we poured beer down the drain. There was some beer in kegs that we couldn't sell because obviously no one was open to buy it. Um, and there was some beer in kegs that had to be brought back from venues that they couldn't sell either. So um, that all went down the drain. But, uh, yeah, we, we started manufacturing all our beer into cans and that was we, we were really lucky that we could do that. Absolutely. And... Um, that sort of kept us going. Um, you know, things did slow down a bit, as you'd expect, but the beer, you know, it was all about just pivoting quickly. And we put things on, you know, at the start of COVID, we sort of stopped to start with because we just didn't know what was going to happen like everyone else. And then, yeah, we sort of um, ramped up can production and that was the way that we could, as the word everyone likes to say, pivot. Oh, we're familiar with pivoting here in the call room. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we've probably got a couple of other questions from online listeners, but before we get to that, we have our traditional call room question that we uh, like to put everyone on the spot on, which will be interesting because tonight we've got four of you in, so there could be four very different stories or it could just be one combined story. Um. What's the most amusing, confronting, strange thing you've ever seen in a cool room or a or a venue or a brewery or anywhere else where you've made beer? <laughs> Just to put you all on the spot yeah, at the same time. Got the strangest thing you've seen. I mean, you know, but to give you a, by way of example, you know, and for new listeners who are listening in because you love co-conspirators, but they haven't perhaps haven't listened to the podcast before. We've had all sorts of answers over the years from people who worked in hospitals and saw what they keep in the cool rooms there through to our good friend Warren Woos encountering a shark in a cool room when he was about five years old. Uh, through to, you know, 
when we had was it Vine Stefaner on, you know, their, their most alarming thing they'd ever seen in a call room was some lines that beer lines hadn't been cleared for, cleaned for a couple of days, which just really reinforced the whole German aesthetic of <laughs> beer lines that hadn't been cleaned for two days. Could you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have. Oh, jeez. Oh, this could be a first, David. <laughs> Clean bold four, and it goes, you know, you can feel free to, or, you know, lag out a venue, or just imagine, you know, you're telling a friend's story about when they went into a cool room to find, you know, two people in there having a, a moment or something. <laughs> this is from a very old pre meeting you and pre beer. <laughs> This is sounded cool. Oh, bad, I was the bad person that got caught in the cool room with someone else <laughs> <laughs> by my older brother. <laughs> the restaurant where I was the dish, oh. the dishy. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm thinking from the look on Dion's fa face at the moment, this is the first time he's heard this story. Haven't heard that story before. It was a very, very brief encounter. <laughs> yeah. Never to be continued. But, you know, cool rooms are a bit like that. It's like that advice that, you know, if, you, if you're risking hypothermia up in the high country, it's important to sort of cuddle up with someone. So, you know, if, if it's your job to sort out the sort of the excess stock at the back of the cool room or, you know. I've I done had cool room, cool room. I mean, I've worked in hospitality for... 15 years. I've, I've got room service stories, but not cool room service. Oh, you, you got the, that, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I do remember one lady who, um, who, who used to always order, like, bottles of wine, like, even, like, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Like, he, she used to just keep, you know, room service, another bottle of wine, another bottle of wine. And then one, we had a very sort of very innocent young bloke that was working in room service for the day and, you know, he had to take up one. And uh, the ladies, uh, she went to, you know, grab the, she was in her robe and she was about to grab a piece of paper and sign for a, for a bottle of wine and then her robe opened up and, she, you know, <laughs> showed everything. He was horrified. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, those are the hotel stories for you. I can't imagine anyone stays innocent working in room service for particularly long. One yeah. way or another. In a in an airport hotel. There you go. That's even worse. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of, I feel like we could have another whole podcast about what sort of people are regulars at airport hotels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we need to do a podcast on that. I reckon we can <laughs> use our imaginations. <laughs> And how about you, Jen? So it could be something that's happened in a brewery or a moment where you, you know, you pulled the wrong lever and caused, you know. Oh. Any stories from home, your home brewery? Oh, home brewery stories. Yeah, made a lot of bad beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um... Need to drink another beer before you do this segment. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is normally a bit later in the night, but I thought, thought you, you, know, you, 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 you certainly top ten contribution there. So we don't want to under, underestimate your efforts there. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> At least it was in another city in another place. 
Why don't we move towards wrapping things up then? Because yeah. um, aside from anything else, you've been very generous with your time tonight. It's uh, well over an hour, and it's going to get close to my Betty Buys time on a Monday night. But for junior co-conspirators, it's probably it's probably even truer. Um, can you tell us both how we get onto your socials and make sure that we keep up to date with all of your news? Um, genuinely, the amount of effort you guys put into your socials is amazing. It's a constant oh. sort of discourse. If your social media person is, you know, is, is listening in. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I that's that. me and yeah. you're a lovely person helping us out at the moment, which is great. Um, uh, so... We have two pages, so Co-Conspirators Beer is our um, everyday page, and we now have a Co-Conspirators uh, underscore brew pub, which is basically showing all our updates on the brew pub build, so have a look on there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram is the best place to find us, um, or our lovely new website, which is www.coconspiratorsbeer.com.au. Normally we ask what's coming up next. I feel like we've done a lot of what's coming up next, but can you maybe give us a hint as to another beer that's just sitting in the fermenters at the moment? You don't have to give us the name, just give us a little bit of a hint of what, you know, what things people should be looking out for in the fridges of their favourite craft beer establishments. It's just released uh, Butcher, and uh, there's a bigger version of Butcher coming out soon. So that's uh... oh, see, that's what we like. That's exactly. Yeah, nice. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, we'll be... <laughs> I didn't think you'd share that much. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to be a bit more vague. That's good. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't, I didn't call it double Butcher. So, so <laughs> yeah. it's giving away. It's, uh, it's awesome. too honest. No one's, no one's going to work that out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, bring on the double butcher. That sounds awesome. And is uh, is the double butcher going to be available in bigger cans or regular size cans on tap anywhere? Regular size cans. Um, well, it's still in the fermenter. I've got a I've got a job to do. I've got to sell it to some <laughs> TBA on that one. <laughs> what I don't, I don't think you're going to struggle somehow. No. I don't think you're going to struggle with that one. Just all the people, hopefully, that we mentioned earlier. Shout out to a few more. Guys, thank you for your time tonight. It's been awesome to have a yarn. We look forward to coming out and visiting the Prue... I don't know what I was going to say then. The the, the Prue Bub. The... (laughs) the brew pub uh, as soon as it's open, but also to having many more of your beers on the podcast and in our tasting packs over the times to come. Um, thank you for your time. And we look forward to seeing everything else that you guys do in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks guys. Thank so much. Thanks everyone for having us. Thanks you. guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.